Welcome to the Nutrition Medicine Podcast. I'm Martin Harris, a nutrition medicine pharmacist. Nutrition medicine has been a life changer for me personally, for my family, and for many of my patients in my pharmacy and in my clinic. And that's why I'm really passionate about sharing what I've learned. So let's explore your health and vitality together. We'll investigate diet and lifestyle, conventional and complementary medicines, the latest research from nutrition medicine, and the things you can do to restore your natural state of radiant wellness. Welcome to the very first episode of the Nutrition Medicine Podcast. Today I'm going to talk about why nutrition medicine is so important and vital for good health. It's certainly been a game changer for me personally. Let me tell you a bit about my story. When I was younger, I really wanted to stay fit and healthy because my dad had a very debilitating illness called ankylosing spondylitis, which really robbed him of much of his vitality uh, and his ability to enjoy life. If you don't know ankylosing spondylitis, it affects all the joints in the spine and the hips and really restricts movement. So I always remember playing cricket or frisbee on the beach with my kids, his grandkids, and he really wasn't able to participate at all. Also, you know, father and son, football days, um, dad would always cheer from the sideline and, and not uh, be able to take part, which was, you know, great that he was there for me all the time, but I really felt that I didn't want to go down the same path as him. I wanted to stay fit and healthy so I could be of use to my kids when I got older and my grandkids, both physically as well as from an emotional and, and a mental point of view. So ankylosing spondylitis involves a heck of a lot of inflammation in the body. And the drugs that are used to treat ankylosing spondylitis can be pretty, pretty severe, pretty strong on the immune system. In fact, they basically turn off the immune system so that your body doesn't attack your own joints, which is great if that's the stage you've got to. As a pharmacist, I was quite aware about the side effects of those medicines, and I really didn't want to go down that track, unless I could possibly help it. You can imagine now, in the midst of the COVID pandemic, if I had a suppressed immune system, it would certainly be a bit of a concern as a frontline health worker. Uh, it make me quite highly at risk of catching COVID. But instead, I managed to discover the field of nutrition medicine, where we look at all the metabolic pathways that may be compromised, leading to all the inflammation, and how we can resuscitate those metabolic pathways through the use of nutrition, and actually restore true wellness, rather than just mask the symptoms of the disease. And when you're in an, an inflamed state, it's really critical to get good nutrition in. Your need for nutrition goes up between 200 and 400% when you're in an inflammatory state. Your body's under stress, you just need a lot more nutrients. So yeah, 200 to 400%, it's a lot, eh? When I was in my 30s, despite trying to stay fit and healthy, I got diagnosed with the same condition that robbed my dad of all his vitality and quality of life. And not only was my back really, really sore and I had difficulty moving, but I was really tired. I used to work in a corporate and had a big glass office, and in the afternoon I was so tired I had to have a day's sleep. This is a, this is a man in his 30s. I shouldn't be that tired that I needed a day's sleep. You know, I'm not a toddler anymore. Working in, a, in an office with glass walls, 
it's a bit embarrassing to fall asleep at your desk, so I used to get in my car, drive around the block, and sleep for about half an hour, and then go back to work so I could get through the afternoon. And I didn't realise at the time just how sick I was. In fact, I didn't even give much thought to my sore aching back. Eventually, I did go and see a rheumatologist who diagnosed ankylosing spondylitis in myself. And that's when I really took the time to learn about the importance of nutrition for health and well-being. I enrolled in the RMIT Masters in Nutrition Medicine course run by Professor Mel Sidney Smith. And the information that I learnt was just life-changing. My health improved, all my aches and pains from my ankylosing spondylitis disappeared, but as well as that, all my energy and vitality for life came back. Not only was I able to go through the afternoon without a day's sleep, but I was able to increase my exercise, my brain fog all disappeared. I didn't realise just how sick I'd become. And I started to think, what if Professor Mel Sidney Smith hadn't have shared this information with me, what would my health have been? And that's why I'm really passionate about sharing that information with everyone I can. So when I talk to patients in my pharmacy, I like to identify when there's potential nutrition imbalances and let them know that they can improve those imbalances and achieve much greater health and well-being. As part of that, I started a nutrition medicine clinic for people that were actually a lot more sick and needed a one-on-one care and advice. And doing the one-on-one consultations with patients was really rewarding. I've had some amazing results for people, but it's very, very time-consuming. So my role as a pharmacist is very busy, as a nutrition medicine practitioner in the clinic, it gets very busy. And I just thought there's a limit to how many people I can help in this regard, as well as having my own life, being a husband, a father, a Uh, a surfer, a a yogi, all the other things they want to do. So I started to teach nutrition medicine to other pharmacists so that more pharmacists could incorporate this into how they deal with patients and to get a a bigger health gain. It's a bit like, you know, dropping the stone in the water and the, the waves go up further. If I can see two, maybe three patients a day in my clinic, well, what if there was 10 pharmacists doing that or 100 pharmacists? So... Spreading the, the, the gospel of nutrition medicine has become one of my passions. And to date, I've actually trained over 150 pharmacists how to incorporate nutrition medicine into their practices. So I feel pretty blessed to have uh, managed to have done that. Now, I mentioned that I've helped a lot of patients in my clinic. And let me tell you some of the stories because some of them bring tears to your eyes. And, and one in particular was a young boy, six years old, his... Uh, had really a patient of the pharmacy, his mum came in to get all his creams and things because he had very bad eczema on his skin. In fact, if you've really known someone with bad eczema, you, you really don't appreciate how bad it can be. This just wasn't a red itchy skin. He was bleeding through his skin. There was almost hardly any skin there. His mum had to wet wrap him at night to stop all the bandages uh, sticking to him or him sticking to the bedding. It was really, really crazy. So we did a lot of investigations for this boy and we did a lot of diet changes and a few nutrient supports. And six months down the track, his mum came back to me and said, you know that Riley swam in the ocean for the first time in about five years. And that, as you can imagine, is is such a good news story and it just brings such a joy to your heart that, you know, a poor New Zealand boy cannot swim in the ocean normally. So... I just felt so pleased for him. 
Another story I like to tell um, is of a lady who was about mid-40s and she had a debilitating lung condition called pulmonary aspergillosis and this condition can actually be fatal. Now she had a nine-year-old daughter and of course she didn't want to die leaving a nine-year-old daughter and she came to me to help with probably not so much that underlying infection which was under control somewhat with antibiotics but she'd spend half her winter time in hospitals but she had a lot of gut issues and now if you understand the importance of digestion for the immune system you know that there's a strong connection there so I knew as soon as I got her gut working well then her pulmonary aspergillosis would likely improve and that's what did happen Subsequent to getting her well, she didn't spend all her winter times in hospital, but she actually started to feel well. And that's the side effect of nutrition medicine. Like me with my arthritis, I got my energy, my vitality, and my thinking back again. And for this lady, she also got her energy and vitality back. She went on to do the Rangitoto swim, which is a five-kilometer ocean swim in Auckland. And that's pretty good for someone with dodgy lungs to be able to do a 5K ocean swim, I would have thought. She wrote me an email saying she had so much energy she didn't know what to do with it. Her husband could no longer keep up with her, which is uh, just really good. And not all the stories that we get are as dramatic as the young boy and and, uh, that lady. We had a a lady come into the pharmacy and got talking. She had another prescription for antibiotics for her elderly husband. I sometimes feel sorry for for the elderly when one gets very, very sick and the other one has also not got great health and has to become the nurse made to to the their partner and she, we're explaining the antibiotics and and i mentioned the fact that he might want to take probiotics to stop any side effects like diarrhea and imbalance of the immune system and all the other things that those good bacteria do and she said to me oh i have to wash his sheets every morning he's just about incontinent and the thought went through my head of we'd really let that lady down because the last three or four courses of antibiotics that we'd provided to her for her husband, we hadn't taken the time and effort to explain the need for the probiotics. So I felt quite bad in in that scenario. So we we got her to take some probiotics this time, and there was a huge improvement in her husband. And the the thing for me was that poor old lady wasn't having to change the sheets and wash the sheets every day. You know, small things, but make a big difference to the quality of life of people. I also had a lady come into me one Saturday in the shop and, and she had um, really bad osteoarthritis. In fact, she was on crutches. She was a physiotherapy assistant and she was on crutches and got talking to her about her what she could do to reduce inflammation in her body and restore her joint health. And we put her on a whole bunch of nutrients to help resuscitate that. And she wrote a letter to our head office, Green Cross Health, explaining what had happened in my pharmacy. And you can imagine when I'm sitting at my computer in my pharmacy doing my admin, checking my emails, and I get this email from the head office saying, we've had a customer letter. You think, oh my goodness, who's done what? Why are we in trouble? Because people generally don't write good news stories and they only write the complaints. But anyway, her story was just so beautiful about how she came into the pharmacy. I'd taken a good 20 minutes out of my day to talk to her about what she needed to do. She started taking the nutrients. She was now well on her way to feeling good about herself, taking responsibility for her health again. She was back at the gym and feeling really awesome. And the thing was, one of the nutrients that I gave her is not only good for joints, but it's really good for the brain as well. And I, I kind of got the feeling that she was a little bit depressed um, from the state that she was in. So 
with the improvement in nutrition, we'd really helped her depression as well as her, her joint health. So we've got lots and lots of those stories about, about how we can improve the health of patients and make a big difference in this world. So nutrition medicine is enormously powerful. Some people, when I talk to about nutrition, they think, yeah, it's just, you know, eating well, you know, yeah, it's okay, but, you know, if you're really sick, you need strong drugs. And in my example, I think you don't want to use the strong drugs unless you really, really need to. And also, if with through nutrition medicine, you can change the underlying metabolic wellness and resilience of the patients, then they actually become truly well in the long term. It's not just short-term relief. And a lot of drugs do provide short-term relief only. And we'll cover a lot of that in the future podcast. For me personally, I know that the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, most people know ibuprofen, Nurofen, Voltar, and those sort of drugs, very strong at reducing pain in the joints particularly. A lot of people come in after a you know, a sports game on the weekend and want a thing of Voltaren for their twisted ankle, etc. And that's, that's fine for a short-term use. But for me in my condition... There's no way I wanted to be on those drugs long term because they would have impacted my whole immune system, my gastrointestinal system, my kidney function. There's actually some evidence that they make joint function worse. So for me, I was playing the long game, not the short term game. I would have rather suffered through a little bit of short term pain knowing that my long term health was going to be better. And that's the real difference between nutrition medicine and conventional medicine, I believe. It's playing that long term approach if you possibly can. Now there's a lot of stories around how important nutrition is for health, but let me give you some of the stats. 70% of deaths are related to poor nutrition. And that's, a, that's kind of amazing, isn't it? We, we think about all these wonderful high-tech drugs that are being developed and, you know, they're all necessary, but if we could just improve the nutrition of the majority of the population, there'd be so many less people dying, dying from heart attacks, stroke, all the complications of diabetes, some forms of cancer. These are all things that are amenable to nutrition. So what is nutrition medicine in a nutshell? Well, if you think about every reaction in the body involves a metabolic process. So uh, take, for example, in depression, the uh, most common target for drug therapy is something called serotonin, and the drugs try and reduce the breakdown of serotonin, so there's more serotonin in the brain synapses, and then the brain works better, and there's less depression. From a nutrition medicine point of view, if we understand that process, so serotonin is actually made from taking an amino acid. Now, amino acids are the little building blocks inside proteins that are in your diet. So we take that amino acid, and there's enzymes that convert it. So to make serotonin, we need to start with tryptophan, and then we need enough vitamin B3, otherwise the tryptophan goes down a chineurine pathway to make different stuff, not serotonin. Then we need vitamin B6 for those enzymes to, to make the serotonin properly. So you can understand, once you understand all the enzymes that are involved and the nutritional cofactors that make those enzymes work, you can design a really good nutritional program that actually fill up that metabolic pathway, make it work properly again, not just a band-aid at the end that stops the breakdown of the serotonin. And that's nutrition medicine in a nutshell. It's identifying what's involved with health and disease, what metabolic pathways are compromised, what enzymes are involved there, and what nutrient cofactors will fix those. So it's pretty powerful stuff. The other thing that is important in nutrition medicine compared to conventional medicine 
is the fact that everyone is different. We call that biochemical individuality. So everyone's got different genes, everyone's in a different environment, everyone eats differently, and everyone needs different forms of nutrition to get their optimal health. So one example of that is, in migraine now, there's a lot of research in using vitamin B2, riboflavin, to reduce migraines. Now, from a genetic perspective, there's a whole lot of people, about 30% of people that get migraines, that have an, an enzyme that doesn't work properly. We call it a genetic SNP, a single nucleotide polymorphism. Basically, the, the gene doesn't work quite well enough, and so the enzyme that gets involved is a bit of an ineffective enzyme. Now, that enzyme requires vitamin B2 to work. So, in a nutshell, if you give these everyone with migraines vitamin B2, we know that about a third of them will have this enzyme that doesn't work properly. So giving them truckloads of vitamin B2, way more than you'd get in a diet, that enzyme actually starts to, to move and starts to work properly, and all their migraines just disappear. Whereas some, the other two-thirds of people with migraines, they don't have that dodgy enzyme, and the B2 won't. So that's an example of biochemical individuality between different patients. One other area I've been studying a lot lately is, is the influence of minerals for health, and particularly mental health, and one area, postnatal depression. Some women have a deficiency in this metallothionine enzyme, which means that during pregnancy, the copper levels, sorry, the copper levels go up dramatically in the body, and that's really important to grow the baby's brain and blood vessels and everything else. That's appropriate. But as soon as the mum gives birth to the baby, the mum's copper levels are supposed to drop back down again. Now, the, there's a metallothionine enzyme that, that allows the copper levels to drop. So if a woman's got a very poor metallothionine enzyme, possibly from a genetic influence, possibly from just a, a nutritional uh, deficiency, then those copper levels can stay elevated. And copper is actually quite toxic to the brain outside of the scenario of pregnancy. And these women go on to have postnatal depression, and I guess it's no longer postnatal depression when it's 7, 10, 30 years later. They can never get their copper levels down without intervention. Uh, and, and I've seen women whose their lives have just been quite destroyed by this, and, and it's a simple fix. The Walsh Research Institute in the States show that about 95% of women with postnatal depression have copper toxicity. So really simple to fix. And it's just because these women have a one enzyme that doesn't really work properly. For the rest of the, the women, they could be chomping on copper bars all day long and their body will just clear it through the metallothionine enzyme and they're all fine and dandy. So we look at restoring all the metabolic pathways in nutrition medicine to, to restore the full function of the body. Now there's a, a, imagine if you go to the doctor and you've got high blood pressure. So your doctor will want to treat that because high blood pressure is a serious risk factor for having a heart attack or a stroke. And I would support that too. The thing is, the medicines that we use to treat blood pressure really just lower blood pressure. And they don't do anything else. They don't actually get to the cause. So you need to be on that blood pressure medicine for the rest of your life. For me personally, I'd rather identify why, why my blood pressure was out of whack in the first place, improve those, use the blood pressure medicines in the short term so I'm not at increased risk of my heart attack or stroke, but eventually get my metabolism back into a healthy zone where I won't need the blood pressure medications. And that may sound a little bit weird. I mean, if you talk to any doctor about blood pressure medications, once you start them, they'll say, you're on these for life. 
But there is actually a clinic in the States, the United States, where they have a 70% success rate in treating high blood pressure. That's not lowering it with a pill. That's actually using lifestyle interventions to improve the underlying cardiovascular function so that these people are no longer hypertensive. They no longer have high blood pressure. They don't need medications. And you can imagine if you've got damage to your blood vessels causing the high blood pressure and then you fix the blood vessels, there's going to be a lot more energy and vitality. These people are going to have clearer thinking. They're just going to be healthier overall. The other big area in health that I see that we really want to restore true wellness is in the case of poor sleep. We talked about the ability to make serotonin from tryptophan and having enough vitamin B3 and vitamin B6. Well, serotonin, the neurotransmitter, goes through to melatonin, which is your natural sleep hormone. And I see so many people that struggle with a lack of sleep and end up on sleeping pills. And sleeping pills are a good option for a day or two, maybe for a week if you're struggling with some grief or something. But longer term, they really create more problems than they solve. And so sleep is one that I'm particularly keen to educate people about what they can do to restore their natural sleep. And a lot of that is lifestyle, you know, avoiding screens at nighttime having rituals where you do a little bit of meditation or a little bit of stretching at night time. Um, you know, so many, it doesn't have to involve um, supplements or anything. We started this podcast talking about the ankylosing spondylitis and, and all the inflammation that comes from that. And the balance of the fats that you eat is critically important to that inflammation. We evolved on a diet that had a balance of omega-6s and omega-3s of of one-to-one. So omega-6s generally cause inflammation and omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. And you need a balance of both so that if you're sick, if you have an injury, you can heal it up with an inflammatory reaction. But you don't want that to go on and on and on so that inflammation becomes damaging over time. So you want a balance. Well, a modern diet is more like 20 omega-6s to one omega-3, which is why there's so much inflammatory conditions around in our modern society. And in fact, if you go to the America, then I think the evidence says it's more likely to be 40 to 1. I was listening to a podcast the other day on fruit and veggie intake in the US, and they were, they were saying we need to get about 600 um, grams of veggies a day. And in America, it's less than half of that. But then the most frightening thing is that their vegetables were potato, tomato, and iceberg lettuce. And I think you can see where we're going with that. It was basically French fries and hamburgers, and the tomato was in the form of tomato sauce. Uh, And there's not a lot of goodness in an iceberg lettuce either. So, you know, if you take out those things, then the the average vegetable intake in an American diet is, is very, very poor. We have a lot of recommended daily allowances for nutrients, and they aren't the Rolls Royce levels. They're the basic levels that'll keep you well if you're otherwise well. Someone that's sick needs a lot more. We mentioned the need for increased nutrients if you've got inflammation. But that real basic level, so many New Zealanders aren't getting their fill. Studies show that folate intake in the diet is less than 50% of that basic RDA level in young women. These are women that are in the childbearing ages, and folic acid is so critical to growing a healthy baby. And zinc levels. Studies show that in adults, 
50% of females and 10% of males don't get enough zinc in their diet. Again, you know, zinc's pretty important for, for growing babies, but also for mental health and well-being, uh, inflammation, metabolizing all your fats. You could, I could write you a book on zinc, on zinc alone. So, um, nutrition medicine, where have we got to? Um, as I mentioned, it's a, really a game changer. Enormously powerful. It can really restore good health. So my mission is to share this knowledge with as many people as possible. In fact, I've written down my mission, and it's, let me read it to you just to make sure I get it clear and don't miss any bits out. My goal is to make people aware of what's possible, how good they can feel, how well they can be, and that there are other options beyond drugs and conventional medicine. If having a disease tends to imply you're a helpless victim, but people don't get sick from diseases but rather diseases reflect a disruption in the dynamic balance between themselves and their environment. And that's what we can do with nutrition. Nutrition is not the be-all and end-all of wellness. You know, we need to have our exercise. We need to have other lifestyle measures sorted. We need to have our friends and our community support. But certainly for me, what I see in my pharmacy and in my clinic, nutrition medicine has the potential to be a powerful game changer. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode. If you want to find out more about nutrition medicine, visit our website, which is nutritionmedicine.nz. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you'd like to book an appointment to see me or one of my team in the Nutrition Medicine Clinic, then email our clinic manager at clinic at nutritionmedicine.nz.